What is up, guys? This is the Inner Athlete Podcast, episode number 11. And today we are going to be talking about diet periodization. What the heck is it? What should I be focusing on? How do I do it? You know, what are the important factors and all of that good stuff? But before we segue into that, I have a couple of things that I want to say. First and foremost, if you're enjoying this podcast, if you like this podcast, if you're getting some value out of it, please, 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 please post it on your Facebook or your Instagram account. Tag me in it. I want to know that you're listening. I want to hear from you. Um, And if you have questions that you want answered on my podcast, please shoot me a message. I would love to hear what you want to know about. In fact, I think I'm actually going to even add a place on my Instagram account for you guys to do that. Uh, And then the other thing that I want to kind of talk about before we get into the meat of what I wanted to teach you guys about today is, guys, it was Halloween over the weekend. And I know a lot of people probably overindulged in candy. And especially if you are somebody who values fitness, you value your nutrition, you probably eat a super clean diet. So there's probably a couple of things going on right now. Um, Maybe you are feeling a little bit foggy headed, a little bit bloated. Um, Maybe there's even some guilt sitting in your back, in the back of your head from eating too much candy. Maybe the scales, not your best friend. Maybe looking in the mirror doesn't look as good as it normally does. Guys, guess what? The best thing you can do for yourself right now is to just go about your day. Nothing changes, not like any other day. What most people are going to do today is I'm going to go on this detox. I'm going to go back to my chicken and broccoli. I'm going to cut out calories massively. Guys, that is the one thing that is going to keep you stuck. You're constantly doing this I'm going to restrict my food because I'm going to eat too much. And then I'm going to eat too much and I'm going to feel like I need to restrict my food. It becomes a constant, constant battle. Whereas if you just learn to accept that you made a choice and whether it was eating too much candy, whether it was you had a couple of pieces and you still feel guilty, whatever it is, just moving on from it. The more you dwell on it, the more you try and, you know, make up for it, the worse you're going to feel. There is no amount of exercise in the world that is going to fix that. So what I'm going to tell you today is to do whatever you normally do. Follow your normal routine. Don't change anything because that is going to set you up to not want to do what you did this weekend before if you did overindulge. The other thing is, is if you learn how to incorporate those foods into your diet more regularly, you probably won't overindulge in them. And I actually made an Instagram uh, story about this on Halloween you know, showing you guys the comparison between a Snickers bar versus an apple and a packet of almond butter. Macronutrient wise, they were almost identical. However, one is actually obviously going to have more nutrients than the other. But if that person had just really just eaten the Snickers bar, they probably would have been satisfied. What most people end up doing is they want the Snickers bar and they're like, no, I'm just going to have this instead. The Snickers bar is still calling them. And two hours later, they probably have the Snickers bar too. So set yourself up for success by planning those things into your day. And a lot of my clients on Saturday were told, I want you to fit in a couple of pieces of candy today. If you want candy, I want you to fit it in. Worst case scenario, you don't eat it. Best case scenario, you eat it and it's planned in. Either way. So that's all. And it actually helps me kind of talk a little bit about this whole diet periodization thing because you know, knowing there's probably going to be a time where I'm like, hey, you probably shouldn't be eating candy right now because it's probably not the most satisfying thing you're going to eat while you're in a cut. You know, it's going to take up too many calories. 
I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what that is. So let's first talk about the word periodization. Well, what periodization really is, is it's periodizing something um, to be focused on different parts or different points at different parts of the year, different parts of a, of a program or, you know, maybe a course you're signing up for. So think of it like periodizing in uh, strength training. You know, you might be going through a um, strength or like a muscle building phase where your periodization might be like higher rep scheme because you're trying to build muscle. Then you might be going into a strength phase where like maybe you're doing lower reps, like that's periodizing. Maybe you're an athlete uh, like myself, you periodize your training based on your competition season. So you've got your, your in season, you know, you're competing in your sport. You've got your post season, you're recovering from your sport. You've got your off season. That's when you're kind of fixing whatever limitations you might've had in your, had in your in season to get you ready for preseason, which is getting you ready back again into your next year. So that's really all periodization is. I kind of like thinking about seasons. So kind of like seasons in your year, you know, our, our seasons are, are kind of really good to line up with our, our diets actually in, in reality. So, um, and adding that word diet in, and I don't want you to think diet being the term for losing weight. I want you to think of diet in terms of the words of like the food you're putting in your body. And that's really what diet periodization is. So most of you guys on here probably have some kind of a body goal, whether it's, you want to perform better in the gym whether you want to look better naked, whether you want to feel better, something related to your body is why you're interested in listening to this podcast. So let's talk a little bit about these phases in it. And, and I will say that there's probably, I could probably break down these phases more. I don't want you to get hung, getting hung up on how many phases are there, all that stuff. It really doesn't matter. I just want you to understand that there's different focuses in each phase. So we're going to use the example of the person that's like, I'm ready to get going. I'm ready to start losing some weight. Maybe you want to cut some fat, you know, maybe you have like 10 pounds lose, maybe you have 20, 40, 60 pounds lose, whatever it is. Either way, you are preparing to go into a time when you are specifically trying to cut weight. You're trying to lose weight, change body composition by reducing body fat. First phase of that is going to be the pre-diet phase. You are going to take some time in that pre-dieting phase or the pre-deficit phase, we'll call it, to look at some things. Okay, you're kind of evaluating where you're at. What does your lifestyle look like and how is that playing a factor into how you've gained the weight? What does your stress levels look like? How much are you working? What kind of free time do you have? Are you working out in the gym? Or do you need to start over from scratch? Because knowing where you're at is going to allow you to make further progress. And it's why in my five steps of fat loss, I talk about this being an important part of the process. You've got to know where you're at to know what your focus points need to be. You know, it's it's really easy to want to skip steps, but the important thing about this is understanding that you have to know which step you're at. You know, so for instance, if I was going to go into a cut right now, my pre-diet phase would look very different from somebody who has never stepped foot in the gym before and or never counted macronutrients before because we're in two very different places. So knowing where you're at is going to matter a lot, not just in the physiological aspect of things and how your body's changing, but how you're going to be able to comply with that and how successful you're going to be. Also looking at how much weight you have to lose. If you have 60 pounds to lose versus if you have 10 pounds to lose, looking at the longevity of what you're about to do and how long it's going to take is also going to be a huge factor in understanding what it's going to take on a time basis or on a timeline basis for you to do that. And what events and situations you're going to have coming up along the way that might get in the way. 
So the pre-diet phase, we're like really taking some time to be mindful of evaluating all of those lifestyle factors that are going to play a factor into one, how we gained the weight in the beginning, but two, what we're going to have to change to make changes happen. From there, this step is so important. Taking some time to get an inventory of what's going in and what's going out. Okay, so nobody wants to do this. Taking a week, if you can, to literally record everything that you're eating without thinking about dieting or changing macronutrients or or trying to lose weight. How much are you currently eating? What does that look like? For some people like myself, I would be able to do that already because I've been tracking. If you've never tracked before, week one, you're learning how to record your food, whether it's in a notebook, whether it's in an app, whether it's on a spreadsheet, whatever it is, you are trying to figure out how much you're eating. Once again, somebody like me who's weighed her food for a long time isn't going to have a hard time knowing what portions that looks like. Whereas if somebody's never looked at portions before, they're not going to know what a portion looks like. So learning what a portion looks like by using a food scale and things like that, this is an important part of your journey. It also gives you full control over how we change things. Taking a diet inventory is so important for your, for your success. Along with the stuff going in, how much are you putting out? So, and I'm not just talking about exercise activity. That's important. Um, you know, if you're going from zero workouts a day, I'm probably going to start somebody off by like, let's just go to three times a week. Whereas if you're like me, you're already working out six days a week. I'm not going to be adding any exercise. Uh, other energy output though, is like stress, work, things like that. Like where's all of your energy going throughout the day? So it's important to kind of take a look at that stuff too, because there are probably going to be some habit changes that need to happen. And if we don't know what time you have available and what you're able to commit to, it's going to make it very difficult for you to know what you can do to make changes. So that's the pre-diet phase. It really depends on the person how long this lasts, because there is another factor in this that has not been addressed yet. And this is the one I'm going to talk about that's very important. Dieting history. Guys, if you've been dieting for the last 12, 16 months, trying HCG and this and that, and you're literally eating a thousand calories a day, you should not be going into a cut phase. In fact, if you're not losing weight and that's all you're eating, your main focus might be your pre-dieting phase, your pre-deficit phase, your pre-cut phase might be actually getting you to rebuild your metabolism. So that's a huge part of the process. Now, I'll tell you nine times out of 10, most people are underestimating how much food they're eating and overestimating how much exercise they're doing. So usually that's usually the first thing that happens. But if those things are both accounted for and you're still not losing weight, it might be, let's not worry about dieting or deficit right now. Let's start worrying about rebuilding the metabolism first. So that's the pre-diet phase. Before you think about losing weight, I'll call it the pre-fat loss phase. How about that? Um, I'm just going to change this. Heck, I'm not even going to re-record it. We're going to call this the fat loss diet periodization. Um, this is what we're going to do. So now we've got everything in check, right? We, we, we see how much you got going in. We know that your metabolism's healthy. We see what your habits are. Now we're going into the dieting phase. And this is where it's like, all right, where, what, what did you have to start with to change? Are you somebody like me? That's just literally cutting out some carbs and fats making sure that you're getting in enough non-exercise activity and seeing the scale go down. Are you that dialed in 
or are we just kind of starting with like the basics, right? So like the dieting phase, I honestly, hands down believe that, you know, as much as I like to ease people into things, because I know not everybody needs everything from day one, everybody at some point will need everything. So it's important for me to honestly try and get a client to buy in to what I want them to do, but to get them started doing everything as soon as possible, because it's going to give me more control over their results and be able to help them more. So dieting phase, this is our time actually spent cutting. Guys, losing weight is not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. There are so many factors that are going to play, um, you know, that are going to, going to affect how fast you can lose weight. And the important thing is, is that you're watching progress over time. You know, so with my clients, I have a tracking sheet that they use that's looking at their weight changes per day and their averages per week. So I can kind of see from week to week how things are changing. I'm also looking at weight fluctuations for women around their period. Um, I look at weight fluctuations after the weekends, which lets me know what their weekend habits look like. I'm looking at all of those factors so I can kind of get an idea for what my focus needs to be with them. So the dieting phase or the fat loss phase is the time we're actually spent in that calorie deficit. Now, there's a couple of important things about this part of the process. The length of time is going to highly, you know, affect how many diet breaks I build in and or the mindset of that person is going to affect how many diet breaks I built in and or the metabolic health of that person is going to affect how many diet breaks I built in. So what is a diet break per se? Well, there's a couple of things I look at. Um, when somebody's cutting, they're in a fat loss phase and their weight stalls out. Um, I will typically, before I start dropping calories too much, I will continue to drop them. But when it starts to get to where I'm like, eh, getting a little low here, getting a little close to BMR, AKA basal metabolic rate. And, um, what I'll usually try and do is let's just give you a couple of what I like to call recovery days. And I'll give them maybe a little bit higher carbs, a little bit higher fats, preferably more carbs, um, and see how their body does from that. So for some of my clients, a diet break might just be what I like to call like kind of like a little bit of kick up um, in their calorie intake for one or two days, you know, every 10 to 14 days. Other clients do well if I'm like, uh, you know, for instance, if they have a vacation coming up, they might go like in a, in a cut phase for like three weeks and they might take a week off, a week off uh, for that vacation. So it really depends on, you know, I look, I look ahead of just today. I look at the overall um, lifestyle of the client and, or, you know, also their mindset. So for some people having that like one or two days of like a little bit higher numbers can keep hunger at bay. Um, it could physiologically and mentally give them a little bit of a break. And sometimes they respond really well to it. So it really just depends on the client and how I build those in. Some people, I don't have to put them in for 12 to 16 weeks. If I've if I've started them at a high enough calorie point because they've allowed me to do that um, and they don't just drastically cut calories from the beginning, I can usually last in a, in a cut phase for a lot longer if they have a lot of weight to lose. So it really depends on, on the person. So that's the dieting phase. Um, I wish I could give you guys a, a, a telltale sign of like how long that takes, um, but it, it does take time, you know, and, and for most of my clients, you know, I, I always tell them, you know, minimum of three months is what we're looking for, for anybody. That's, that's 10 pounds to lose. I'm looking at three months and that's because I want to see them lose the weight. I want to see them reverse out of it, which we're going to talk about. And 
maintain their weight. So I want to get them into a healthy place, both physically and mentally after they've dieted. Because we all know, as I mentioned before, restricting food intake is going to make you more hungry. Um, so it's important to kind of make sure that we're taking care of ourselves along that process to keep us motivating. The last thing I want to touch about on the diet phase is what I mentioned in the beginning, and that's that like stalled progress and, and plateaus. Those are part of the process. You know, it's impossible to avoid a plateau. We can really try and minimize them if we are keeping hormone, uh, hormone health, um, in, in check. And we are looking at things like biofeedback, how they're feeling, hunger, cravings, all that stuff. But plateaus are inevitable. They happen. And, and sometimes when I've tried numerous times to break a client from a plateau, that's probably when I'll have them take a little bit longer of a diet break. And usually what happens with these is typically this is common with people that have done a lot of diets in the past. Um, the other thing that'll happen is I think sometimes with plateaus, it could be a mental thing where that person's just mentally giving up and they might not actually be tracking everything the way that they were because they're just not motivated anymore. So once they're losing steam, it's time to take a break from that as well. So let's just say they've dieted, they've they've got their diet breaks built in, they've they've reached their goal weight, they feel freaking amazing. All right, you're at your goal weight, you like the way you look, you like the way you feel, what's next? Well, there comes a period where you have to just kind of let yourself coast. You're not looking to change activity level. You're not looking to change calorie intake. You're just trying to maintain this new body that you've created. And if you're doing a cut the right way, which is a slow, steady progress, this shouldn't have to last very long because your body is adapting every time you change. So if you've done a drastic cut, this becomes a lot harder. And that's why people that do fad diets or really quick fixes, and they lose a lot of weight really quickly, often put it on quicker, 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 blah, 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 quicker. Um, in fact, there was a statistic I posted recently about, I think it's 85% or 95%, 95% of dieters who lose weight quickly will actually put all the weight they lost back on within two years. And of those people, two thirds of those dieters will actually put on more weight than they started with. So that's basically showing you that a very small percentage of people that actually use a fast strategy to lose weight very rarely will maintain their weight loss. So that's why I like the gradual approach because your body doesn't recognize it as much. You know, think of it this way. If I put you in a tub of, of warm water and it was hot and I added a few ice cubes, you're probably not going to notice. But if I suddenly dumped like 20 gallons of ice in there, you're going to feel it. And which one are you going to be able to maintain a lot longer? So it's very similar with this. So that maintenance phase, it's really going to depend on, um, you know, like the length of the diet, how long the person's been able to, you know, if, if they've been doing it in a gradual way, um, how much weight they lost, you know. So and then and then from there, the next step is what people don't really understand. And and that's how do you go from being in a calorie deficit to getting out of a calorie deficit. And people assume, well, if you stop losing weight, then you're out of the calorie deficit, right? Because now, you know, let's just say you're, you're dieting, you're dieting, you're dieting, and you're down to 1200 calories a day. Um, and now you're maintaining your weight. You're happy with where you're at and you're at 1200 calories a day. Guys, you don't want to live on 1200 calories a day for the rest of your life. 
So the goal of the next phase, which is the recovery phase, is this is where we're restoring hormone function. This is where we're trying to rebuild the metabolism. This is where you might actually start training a little bit differently. You might start doing some more strength training. You might start doing some other things. This is where we're really working to rebuild the metabolism, rebuild um, all of that stuff. And if you've done this dieting periodization the smart way, it shouldn't take very much. However, if you were somebody in that pre-diet phase that had some metabolic derangement and you had to kind of take this recovery phase before you started your diet, you might need a little bit longer. And so what this basically is, is a time where we spend actually taking calorie intake and bringing it back up. And for some people, I can do it a little bit more, uh, I can do it a little faster, uh, depending on the health of their metabolism. Others, it takes a little bit more time. And it also depends on the mindset of the person too, because the worst thing you can do is, you know, you don't want to start bumping up carbs and watching the scale go back up, right? You want to kind of find a way to feel good and feel like you're making progress, maintaining your results, but actually making progress in that recovery phase. So ideally, we're just looking to bring calories up as much as we can while maintaining our lean mass. Um, I'm sorry, while maintaining our lean bodies. So whatever the changes we made. So that's kind of what the goal of the, the recovery phase is. We're rebuilding the metabolism. And this part is so important. You know, thinking about the season we're going into right now, we're getting ready to go into the holidays. Nobody wants to go into the holidays being on 1200 calories a day after cutting. You also don't want to see all of your hard work go down the drain. So ideally for a lot of my clients going into this phase of the year right now, you know, for one, it's going to be built in diet breaks more regularly. I am, I'm aware of that for people that are still on their cutting phase, but two, for that recovery phase, I'm looking like, let's rebuild things. Let's get you feeling really good. So that when Thanksgiving dinner comes up, like you've got plenty of calories to play with without feeling like it's going to make you put on five pounds, you know? So that's kind of my focus on the recovery phase. It's like, how much can I feed you and get you feeling good? I think the hardest part of the recovery phase is mentally like being afraid, you know, you don't want to put on weight again. Um, and two, understanding that this is where adding in more foods comes back into play. So, you know, so a lot of times in that dieting phase, because calorie intake continues to go down, you've had to cut out some of your favorites. You've had to cut out, um, cut back on some of the things that you really enjoy because you just don't have enough calories in your day left for them. And with this, recovery phase, you can kind of start adding them back in. You can add in a little, a little bit more rice. You can add in a little bit more potatoes. You can add in some more oats. You can add in some more granola. Like you can also afford, you know, more, you know, a couple more social drinks, a couple more nights out with the dinner, out to dinner. All of that stuff happens in the recovery phase. And so the goal of the recovery phase is to really set up the metabolism so that all this hard work, all this weighing your food, all this tracking your food, all this frustration with, you know, whatever it is you're stressed out about isn't for nothing. Because for one, if you've been doing something for 12, 16, 20, 40 weeks, it becomes routine. It's not really a forced effort. You know how to make the right choices at a restaurant because you've been doing it long enough. You know how to troubleshoot when you've had a busy day because you've made emergency stops before to grab some foods that are going to fill your day. You know, you've done that stuff long enough to, you know, have those habits built in. So it's not, it's not as cut and dry as people think it is. 
But those little things really set you up for a lifetime of success with your body composition because they're all learning tools along the way. And so in your moments of frustration, in your moments of stress, in your moments of, I just want this to be over, remind yourself this is all for that greater purpose that like you're learning something new and you're going to be able to maintain these results and these habits long-term. What comes after the recovery phase? Well, that depends. What always should come is depending on the individual is kind of a break. You know, for some people, you know, maybe, you know, I'm a life tracker. I feel like I'll always track my food for me. It keeps me dialed in. Um, It allows me to feel comfortable eating more foods because I do have a lot of body dysmorphia and I know that. And so for me, I'm like, well, I know that this will fit in my day and I know that it, it it's in line with my goals, you know, and I, and I eat enough calories so I don't have to worry about being restricted, um, you know, but it, it gives people freedom now that like, if they're just watching, you know, they're, they're kind of watching feedback, they're watching how their body's feeling, they're watching the scale. If you're not tracking and weighing your food every day, you earned that, you freaking busted your ass for however long you were doing that. And, and now you've gotten so intuitive that you've kind of learned how to, you know, stay on track and not have to be tied to a food app. You know, it's not something that you're going to have for, have to do forever. It becomes a tool that you can use whenever things start to go, you know, the wrong direction. I kind of think of it as like maybe periodically throughout the year, you're just pulling the tool back out to make sure that you're checking yourself. You know, if the scale starts going in the wrong direction, now you're like, Hey, let me pull out my fitness pal again and see where I'm at. And then you recognize, okay, wow, I've definitely getting been a, a little bit lax with my fat intake or definitely been drinking a little bit more or whatever it is. You can start to see where things might be working against you. So that's kind of my thought, um, on that, on that, what comes after the recovery phase, I guess I would call that more. So the off season, you're just kind of doing your, your thing, you know, you're enjoying your life. And for some people that does still include tracking their food, that's okay. Others, it might be a complete break from that, you know? So, you know, and and the goal of what I teach and what I do is that across all of these phases, your food and your lifestyle does not change. All that changes is the amounts of food you're eating. Your lifestyle from day one should be improving to day 90. And then to day 90, it should be improving to day 180. So it shouldn't be I'm doing something temporarily to cause a result to happen. It should be I'm making small steps towards a different being becoming a different person. And I say that and I want to end on this important note is that when you guys are focusing so much on the goal, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to see my abs. I want to PR this lift in the gym. I want to be able to go to the CrossFit games. I want to, you know, whatever your freaking goal is, you know, maybe you just want to see what it feels like to actually be dialed in on your nutrition. All of those things, right? You can look at the result or you can recognize that all of the steps you take to get that result are creating a completely different person. You are turning into somebody who values something a little bit differently. You're putting more effort and emphasis into something that you didn't previously have effort and emphasis to. And it is inevitable that with doing that, you are going to change other areas of your life. So as much as I want to say, like, it's just a diet, it's just nutrition, it's just exercise, it's just a freaking scale. Surely it is. But who you have to become to make all of those things 
line up with your goals is a freaking amazing rock star person who is has grit and fortitude and mental toughness and and like you are a go-getter. And and that's honestly what the inner athlete is. That's it right there. Put it on your fat loss goal that becoming a fat loss success story has somehow created an athlete within because it's true. It requires that same amount of dedication to something in a different way. Call it the sport of fat loss if you want to. So that's my little talk about diet periodization. Um, Hopefully that resonated with some of you guys um, that have been trying to figure out why you keep yo-yoing. If you're doing it the right way, you should never be yo-yoing. You should probably be seeing uh, fat loss plateau, fat loss plateau, fat loss plateau. And then for some people who are looking to build muscle, there might be a time when it's like fat loss plateau, build muscle plateau, fat loss, and it might kind of go that way. Um, you know, so that's something that I want you guys to also keep into keep in mind as well, that as you get closer to goal weight, you are probably going to have some periods of time when you are spending some time building muscle, which is also part of it. And I can go through, it's the exact same periodization with a build phase, except for your deficit phase becomes a surplus phase. Um, so that's it guys. Thanks for listening. If you guys have any questions about anything that I talked about today or you have anything else you want answered, please feel free to reach out to me, uh, Cheryl Nasso, Instagram, my number, I'm sorry, my email address and my Instagram handle and Facebook handle will be in the show notes along with a link to join my Facebook group if you so choose to. Um, Have an amazing week in November.